buddy. Let's go. It's Lockdown Wild, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Uh, that theme music always pumps me up so much. Every time I hear it, I'm so ready to to take on the day, to take on the mailbag that's coming up. And I want to thank, I don't thank him nearly enough, but I want to thank Ian Detterling of iandetterling.com, an amazing composer who composed our theme music. But let me introduce myself as well. My name is Tony Abbott of The Athletic Minnesota, and I am not with Joe today, but I have your mailbag questions, and I'm about to dive into them. And we are about to see what's on your mind. I do want to shout out to, I can't remember, I'm so bad with names, I can't remember the name of the, the, the person who emailed us a bunch of questions. I do not have access to that email, and uh, and Joe can't get me those questions because uh, something about the email, he can only access it from his home device, and he is not at home, which is why I am doing this alone. Uh, so we are going to, uh, to soldier on anyway, and we are going to start with a question from Morpheus from The Matrix. He asks, what is the likelihood of Parise going in the offseason? Do you see a move like this with Suter down the road? And I have got to say, I think it is possible that uh, that Parise still moves in the summer. I think that the the fact that Parise was willing to to move his trade request is is a good indication that that could be down the road. I think that the fact that the the GM who drafted him in New Jersey, Lou Amarello, is still in uh, Long Island and he's not going anywhere. I think that 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 will be. Uh, that will be a fit unless unless the New York Islanders can find some scoring wingers in free agency. And I, I looked a little bit at free agency. Remember, they tried making a huge splash last year trying to uh, trying to land Artemi Panarin. He ended up going to the New York Rangers, but uh, but the Islanders were in on Artemi Panarin. And I think there were rumors as well that he was chasing Mitch Marner and, and thinking about uh, trying to sign him to an offer sheet and, and pull him away from the Toronto Maple Leafs, which would have been amazing. That would have been a, a, a cool thing that would have happened. It would have been like Sebastian Ajo, but even more intrigue. Uh, but neither of those happened, and of course, now they they need scoring punch on the wing in Long Island, and that's why they looked to Parise in the first place. Now, can they find that scoring punch this offseason? I don't know. The only huge impact, impact, impact winger on the market in the offseason is Taylor Hall, and uh, and Taylor Hall is, you know, is probably somebody who would be willing to go to Long Island. They have, you know, a, a good program there, a lot of a lot of defense there, which uh which he's used to uh playing for not only uh, I think Arizona's a good defensive team this year, but uh but also the New Jersey Devils who are the king defensive team. Uh so I I think that would be something that he would be familiar with style-wise and I think that he could do really well by either by Matt Barzal or you know I think that Taylor Hall can still carry his own line even though his numbers haven't been uh haven't been popping so hard this year. Uh but you know I Taylor Hall's only going to sign with one team as well and it might be the Islanders it, it certainly could be but you know it could be the Avalanche where he would be able to either play with like McKinnon or you know, maybe have a a winger like uh, like Landeskog opposite him, and and they've got a real good program going on too. I would be real interested in going there. I think I I think I've heard the Blues as 
uh, as a name that people have like thrown around saying like I wonder if um, and of course St. Louis won the Stanley Cup so it could be real competitive for Taylor Hall this summer and, and you know I like like a guy like Evgeny Dadanov but I don't think that there is that much in the way of impact wingers either in restricted free agency or regular free agency proper. So uh, as for as for Suter, right? We're asking if Ryan Suter would ever have such a move. Um, I don't know if I see that down the road, right? Because I, I think that's part of the reason why Parise wants or would be willing to move to to the Islanders is Lou Lamorello, you know, the GM that drafted him. Does Suter have that same relationship with David Poyle? I don't think so. At, at least, like, I've never seen any indication. I don't read every, you know, player profile or anything like that, so maybe there is something out there about the relationship between Suter and uh, and David Poyle, but... Uh, but if there is, I, I certainly don't know about it. And the guy that he does have a real good relationship is Craig Leopold, the owner of the Minnesota Wild. So I, I think that that tie as well is staying close to home. I, I think that those things are, are things that will 100% keep Ryan Suter in a Minnesota uniform until he decides that he either... Uh, wants to retire or can no longer play. So I think that uh, I think that while Parise could still be on the table in a move this offseason, I do not think that of Ryan Suter, and I think that uh, that he's going to be a staple in a Minnesota Wild uniform going forward. All right, that was uh, that was our first question. It was a big question. It was a meaty question. We are going to take a little break, and we're going to come back, and we're going to answer more of your questions. You're listening to Lockdown Wild. And we are back with Lockdown Wild. I'm Tony, and we are continuing to dive into your mailbag questions. Uh, this one is from Jared. He asks, looking forward, how do you see the Wild getting better? Besides the pro- uh, uh, promise of Kirill Kaprizov, who do we lose and who do we pick up? I think that that is a question that has kind of been on my mind since the trade deadline. Like, how does Minnesota break out of this this system that uh, that we're or cycle, I guess that uh, that we're in, where it's like, okay, we're we're good enough to probably make the playoffs, with the exception of last year, but even then, uh, not bad enough to uh, finish in those those uh, lottery slots. That will uh, pay off in, in, in draft picks that uh, that are super high, like top three lottery winning draft picks. Uh, and yeah, that's a, that's a that's a tough one to to figure out because right now Minnesota, if they are going to get better in the offseason, which they will with Kirill Kaprizov, uh, but if they are going to get better, it's going to have to be kind of a a rebuild on the fly situation, and that makes me really nervous because. That is exactly what Chuck Fletcher tried when he first got to Minnesota, and I just I don't I don't believe in the rebuild on the fly. I don't think that that is a workable thing. Now, what helps is the emergence of Kirill, or not Kirill Kaprizov, but uh, but the other K guy, Kevin Fiala, as a uh, as a as a borderline star. I mean, over the last month, he's been insane. We talked about that a little bit before, and and even last night. You know, he he just keeps going, adding a goal and an assist uh, last night in, in the in the win against Nashville. So 
maybe he is, you know, that difference maker. And then Kirill Kaprizov comes in and is that difference maker. And those guys are able to be like the foundation that you build on. That would be real nice. It would be kind of unexpected, Uh, but it would be real nice. As for who we might lose and who we might get, I think the first thing that you got to fix is the goaltending. You got to find a way to to make that work. One way or another, Devin Dubnik's under contract for another year. I don't know if you buy him out or not. I I know that uh, I know that that'll be a I know that'll be probably a, a popular thing, but I don't like having dead money on the books if I can't or if I can help it. So I would I don't know I I might be inclined to to hold on to him for another year and then maybe uh, see if I can't you know, put Staylock in the minors. He does not make that much money uh, for the next year. And I know that Staylock's been really good over the last month. And I'm sure there's going to be a time very soon where we're going to have to give Staylock some credit. But I, I just I just don't believe in him going forward. And if there is a way to bring in someone like we've talked about him before, like a Jacob Markstrom on a short-term deal, I think that is a real good solution. So I think whatever you find, if you find an upgrade in net, I I think that that is a good thing. As long as you're not, you know, you don't want to get stupid either. You don't want to go out and be like, oh, hey, we're going to be like Florida last year. We're going to sign Sergei Bobrovsky and, and we're going to lock him in for eight years or or however long they, I, I, was it eight or seven? I can't remember, but seven or eight years, a really ridiculous contract. So I, I just, yeah, I, I think that chasing a, a Braden Holtby and throwing a bunch of years at a Braden Holtby, that, that would be as big of a mistake as going into the season next year with the exact same goaltending. But I think that if you can find a 1A to come in here for three years or something like that and and have you know either Dubnik or, or Stalock, if you insist, be a 1B, I don't, or, or a backup. With uh, with Staylock, I mean, if you get Markstrom, he's a sixty game a year goalie. Um, yeah, if you if you do something like that, I I think that I I would be on board with that. As for the the rest of it, I'm trying to think of how you get an elite center. That's the question that's on everybody's mind, and yeah, certainly someone like Dumba or or Brodine could be in play. In order to do that, I I just am not sure after after this trade deadline if that's going to be a thing that can get done. I I think Dumba might be able to do it, but I I really worry that you're not going to be able to land in an elite type center. Uh, one thing that has kind of gotten on my radar in terms of, of bringing in a center, and this might change a little bit because the cap is projected to go up. To I think it was eighty four to eighty eight million, but if I'm Minnesota, I am I'm going to look at throwing together a an offer sheet deal to try to pry Anthony Sorelli out of Tampa Bay and try to get him an offer that he can't refuse and Tampa can't match. And while that is kind of a long shot, uh, when you look at uh, when you look at the 
you know how important Anthony Sorelli is. He's he's their second line center right now, and he's a brilliant two way player. He's got three wins above replacement this year and last year. He's only 22 years old. He's really, really good, you guys. I know that he doesn't have the points because he's not on the power play, but he is really good. Anyway, going back to uh, to Tampa, they've got, even if the cap goes up to $88 million, they have 14 players under contract right now, and those players add up to $76 million. So at best they have about 12 million dollars in cap space to work with next year and they've got to resign a guy like uh a guy like Mikhail Sergachev and I think out of all their defensemen yeah just one of their defensemen is under contract past this year other than Victor Hedman so it's Victor Hedman and Braden Coburn actually now that I think about it with with there being so many holes on the defense in Tampa Bay. I wonder if Matt Dumba or Jonas Brodeen would be an appealing part uh to them uh, for a uh, for a Matt D- or uh, an Anthony Sorelli trade because they do need defense and, and you know you're not going to find too many defensemen on the open market that are going to be as good or I mean even as cheap as Brodeen or Dumba. Uh so uh, yeah, I, I wonder if that is a, a, a thing that could be in play in a trade. But even if, if you could only do it in terms of putting the squeeze to them with an offer sheet, I think that would be worth it. I, I think I broached it on Twitter yesterday uh, when I first started thinking about it. But, you know, if you sign them to like a $6 million per year contract, all you're giving up in compensation is a first and third round pick. And if you sign them for $8 million, which, oh man, I, I just told you, like his is his war number is like he might be worth eight million a year. Uh don't tell him maybe if if, if Minnesota does land him via trade. But you know, you, you basically you can get a number one center in your organization and it might only cost you a first, second, and third round pick. That's how much it would cost in compensation if you signed him to an eight million dollar contract. So I think Minnesota needs to look long and hard at doing what it takes to to bring in someone like Anthony Sorelli because I think that that's kind of the missing piece. If if he is able to emerge as a number one center in Minnesota, then I think that uh, I don't think you can I don't think you can overpay for that. Not for a twenty three year old uh, who's been really great. I think the downside to that might be that you know instead of being a number one center, maybe he's Jordan Stahl, but man, this team could use a Jordan Stahl too. Anyway, I've talked a long time about this. We're going to go back to break, and then we're going to come back, and we are going to finish up this mailbag. You're listening to Lockdown Wild. All right, we are back at Lockdown Wild, and we are going to be finishing up the mailbag. We've got a few questions that I'm going to try to answer we got a few more questions on my Twitter feed that uh, that I, I solicited at Lockdown Wild. If you want to email the show with your questions, you can do so at LockdownWild at gmail.com. Uh, please do that. We do have questions that are kind of are, that are, are there right now that we will get to. I, I 100% promise. I just was not able to access the inbox. Wild Fan for Life asks... Do you feel that Mayhew, Jerry Mayhew, just had a bad game against the Caps, or was he exposed as not being up to playing the NHL game? Uh, you know, I, I 
don't know if he is not up to playing the NHL game. I think that even, you know, in, in this five-game stretch where he hasn't done much of anything, uh, I think that that's premature. There are so many players that can have a bad five-game stretch for any number of reasons, and it doesn't necessarily mean that he's for a player or, you know, the the equivalent of that with hockey. Um but I, I will say that I am a little disappointed that, you know, he did get the top line shot that I think a lot of people uh, sort of were clamoring for and one that I agree with Bill Guerin. He deserved. He absolutely tore it up in Iowa. He, he, he torched the AHL, destroyed it, 39 goals in 48 games, just an incredible performance there. And I, I think that he earned the spot that he was in. But I also think that he played his way out of that spot uh, by not making that same sort of impact or, or anything equivalent in the last five games or so. So I would not call his his NHL career done or anything like that. But I, I will say that uh, that it is pretty disappointing that uh, that he was given that shot and he was not able to run with it. North Dakota guy living in Texas asks... Why is Donato getting so little playing time? He deserves it more than Zuccarello. I I don't know. I know that Zuccarello's been bad lately. I maybe want to ease up a little bit, a tiny bit on Zuccarello for the season. I I don't think his numbers are that bad. I I think that uh I think that his contract is bad and I don't think that like that's his fault or anything. And maybe I, I think that there's probably a good case that he's not uh, performing to his contract. But, you know, still, like, I, I don't think he's been bad this year. But I will say that uh, Donato does deserve a chance. And, you know, you can say that Donato's overachieving expectations and Zuccarello's underachieving expectations. So why isn't uh, why isn't. Uh, Donato getting that time and Zuccarello isn't. I, I think part of it's handedness, right? Because uh, because Zuccarello is a right winger, and Minnesota doesn't have too many of those. Remember, they had to they had to move Kevin Fiala to the right side from the left side at the beginning of the year to uh, just to make room for Kevin Fiala, and he's you know Kevin Fiala, uh, former first round pick, and you know Ryan Donato uh, was a good prospect, but you know he was just a third round guy. He had had been, you know, uh, he fell out of favor in Boston. Like there were there were reasons to to be a little skeptical about Donato, but he has been the real deal in making the most of his minutes. And and I don't know why he's not getting more playing time. He definitely deserves it. And I I think that you know maybe someone else should get bumped down the lineup on the left side. Um, I I I'm not I'm not confident enough to to state outright. Who that is, I don't know if I have a good handle on who that player is, but somebody should uh, should be taking a little bit of a backseat to Den- to Donato. I agree on that completely. Uh, might as well go to Blue Line, who asks who are possible trade partners if Zuccarello is able to be moved, and I am not sure who those might be because you know. It's the winner's curse, right? The the classic winner's curse is when you win a bidding war, you obviously get the thing that you wanted, but you got it because you paid the most for it. You paid more than anyone was willing to, to pay, 
for, uh, in this case, Zuccarello. And, and Minnesota probably didn't overpay in terms of money, but they did overpay in terms of term, right? He's got four more seasons left on his deal, and I am not uh, not super confident that uh, that he's going to uh, to be a, a super great player. Uh, basically, like I don't want to panic anybody, but you know, at, at the age of 32, at the time of, of signing that contract, like there's some high uh, high Pominville factor risk to uh, sort of baked into the deal. So I, I'm not sure if any other team really wants that for the money and the term, you might be able to, you know, eat some of that salary over the next uh, few years and, and be able to move him that way. But at that point, like you have to find someplace where not only does someone else need him, right? Someone who needs help on the wing all the time. Like uh, the, the, the teams I'm thinking of right now are Buffalo, maybe New Jersey, maybe, uh, you, you know, a team like that, might be interested in Zuccarello, but is Zuccarello interested in a team like that? And I don't think that he would waive his no-move clause to go to Buffalo or go to New Jersey. Uh, unless, like, he, he wants to, like, be, like, you know, um, unless New Jersey's close enough to New York where he's like, yeah, you know what, I can do that. But I, I'm not sure. It, it, I, I'm not sure if I see the way out of a Matt Zuccarello trade. Glenn asks, draft day trade. Toronto sends Nylander and Kapanen to the wild for Brodeen, Cunnan, Donato, and Pittsburgh's number one. I think that Nylander is not going to be a player that is going to get moved. I think that uh, that Kyle Dubas uh, staked a lot of his reputation in being able to sign William Nylander, Mitch Marner, John Tavares and uh, and Austin Matthews to uh, to play together on that team and be the engine that powers that team to a Stanley Cup, and I I don't think that he is going to be willing to give that core up now that he has that core all signed long term. He's got them long term, and you know as long as they can keep like the defense and goaltending together. Uh, he is going to keep that forward group together because, like, why wouldn't you? That's such a good young forward group, uh, with the exception of Tavares, but Tavares is still very, very good. And Nylander is very, very, not just good, but brilliant this year. He's got 29 goals in 65 games this year to go with uh, another 28 assists. And he's playing out of his mind right now and looking real good. I, I don't know where the incentive is for Toronto to to move him out and, and certainly not for the the package that's suggested I think Brodeen's really good I like Donato uh, but I think that uh, the Cunning and Pittsburgh's number one pick which is going to be something like 20 probably like 25th to, to 31st I don't think that that's going to be enough to entice Toronto to to trade him. I think you're going to have to... I think that trade's going to have to hurt a lot more if you're going to get Nylander, if that's even possible. Going to Guzzo. Are the Wild in on any of the college free agents? And I I got to answer. I'm sorry to answer this in such a lame way, but I, I don't know. I haven't heard of anything just from reading uh, any of, of the... Uh, the speculation or rumors or, or even even too much of like who would be available 
um, I believe Scott Perunovich from from St. Louis, uh, who was drafted by St. Louis, uh, obviously UMD Bulldog. Uh, I, I think he might be a free agent after this year. It might be another year after this, but I think he might be a free agent after this year. And if Minnesota could at all find a way to get him, I mean, he's in their backyard. I think that that is the kind of thing that they've A, had success at, remember the Mike Riley thing, and B, like I think that that would be such a boost to the prospect pipeline. And, and like, you're, 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 you're talking a top five prospect on the Minnesota Wild today if, uh, if they were able to land him somehow. St. Louis, last I heard, seems pretty confident that they're going to be able to get him into the fold. But, man, oh, man, would I love to, uh, would I love to see Perunovic there waiting in the wings behind Suter and, uh, Suter and Brodeen. And especially with, uh, with Brodeen perhaps rumored to be available on the trade market anyway that's it for this episode of locked on wild if you want to help support the show you can do that by subscribing to us and uh and never missing an episode also share us on social media and tell a friend of yours about us we're doing a daily minnesota wild podcast that's amazing uh we yeah i i don't think that uh, that i have to say too much more to sell you on us uh I'll just say thanks for listening and make sure to tune in tomorrow for more of your Minnesota Wild every day.